0: Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. Does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words, I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What is up? up? What is up everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. I of course am your host, the one and only Johnny Profita, the voice and soul of so-called fiction and I know what everybody's thinking, you're all on the edge of your seats wondering does Johnny the Gentile have his new bookshelf yet? And I will save you the suspense. I won't announce it at the end of the show. I'll come right out and say it. Once again, the government has met my expectations and failed miserably to deliver the bookshelf. So if you're counting, we are almost on week three of trying to get USPS to make a simple delivery of a bookshelf to my apartment. Um, I guess technically it's a condo. <laughs> it, it really is unbelievable. The exact same thing happened the the second time. They had me cancel this order, reorder it, and the literally I got the exact same message from them say that they gave me three or four times the week before saying that they tried to deliver it and they couldn't get to my door or the door was locked, which is just total bullshit. total bullshit. I don't know what they were doing, but they were not delivering it to my building. A, I'm right off the street. There are no obstructions, okay? And the odds of uh, something blocking my door six times in a row, all six times when you try to deliver it at different times of the day, 1130 in the morning, 430 in the afternoon, 730 at night. Uh, There was not like a protest going outside my building that was blocking the street or anything like that. Just normal, everyday. I I see packages coming in left and right. Our whole lobby is full of packages that people are getting. And I got other packages. Um, And I was home every single time they claimed to to try to deliver this. So I got the the exact same air message from their updates that they tried to deliver it. And that was on Thursday of last week. If you don't know, it's Tuesday now. It is Tuesday, February 4th. It is early evening. We just got the partial Iowa caucus results in, so I'll go over that a little bit. But So Thursday night, it was supposed to come before 8 o'clock. It doesn't come. They update it the following day. This is the government's update system that I signed up for. I get a text message. Actually, I don't even think I got text messages this time. Apparently, maybe that was just on the first shipment that they failed to deliver and then they lost. Um, They weren't updating me, but they update the thing through the Amazon website and they claim to have delivered it or tried to deliver it at 4.30 the day before. Total bullshit. So then I have to get on the horn with Amazon again and tell them that it's happening again. The exact same thing that happened last week is happening now to this order. But of course, they had me cancel that other order and start this whole process over again. So everybody thinks that this is the first time it's happening, that I just tried to order this shelf and they just missed the delivery today and just give it another day or another couple days and they'll bring it. And, And I keep telling them like, no, no, no. They were supposed to deliver this last Wednesday. I got this message. And then Thursday came, I got another message. Friday came, still no shelf. Then it turns out they were delivering it to the wrong address, uh, allegedly. So wait till Monday. Monday comes, no delivery. Tuesday comes, no delivery. Cancel the order, reorder it. Thursday comes, no delivery. Same problem as the week before, but there's no record of it now because I had to cancel the order and redo it. So then they're like, well, we can get on the, we can do a three way call with USPS and this is now my Friday, my Friday morning because they told me to wait till Friday. I finally got the update on Friday morning that they tried to deliver it and that's when I, I started talking to Amazon. They're like, well, let's call USPS and try to figure out what's going on and I really don't want to fucking do this. I, I do not want to spend another minute on this thing except to complain about it on the podcast for the first 10 minutes, right? And I just know that they're not going to tell me anything. They're a worthless company. They're not even a company, really. They're a government mandate from fucking 250 years ago. They're outdated. They are worthless. Uh, But we get on the horn anyways. Fine. We call them up. And I make the Amazon guy do it because I'm not doing it. He's like, you can call this number or I could do like a three-way call and set it up. I was like, you fucking set it up. I'll sit here. So he calls. And I'm on hold this entire time with Amazon. As he calls me and then he tries to connect us to USPS. Lo and behold, first time after about 10 minutes on hold, he gets disconnected. So he has to redo the whole thing. Shocking. Is there anything they can fucking do right? Anything. Anything other than deliver my fucking property tax bill. Which that always seems to make it on time, by the way. Uh, My property taxes are now up to $7,000 a year. Uh, That's another thing. Uh, no problem getting the property tax bills into the building somehow. No obstruction to the door there. They were all over the place. I saw people, apparently they couldn't get into their uh, mailboxes or something, so they were just throwing fucking people's property tax bills all over our mailroom. Mine made it into my box nice and safely. I always seem to get my bills when they're fucking stealing thousands of dollars from me for the roads that are always under construction those bills always seem to make it through the obstructions in front of my door. And, yeah, they have a key to my building. This is just all so ridiculous. But anyway, I digress. Taxation is theft. Don't forget it. Uh, we finally get on the, on the horn with a three-way call, USPS, and we get some Asian guy. And I don't know if they're now farming their calls out to China or something. Like that was some initiative that the, the, the government undertook or something. But this guy barely speaks English. I can't understand a word that he's saying. So I've got an Indian guy from Amazon who's clearly in India. He didn't even try to hide his name. You know, sometimes they try to say their name is like Justin, but you know it's Vikram. And now I got this Asian guy who doesn't speak any English. Between the three of us, we're trying to decipher what everyone else is saying. But this guy's got no information. He's got the exact same update that I do from Amazon saying, well, it looks like they tried to deliver it yesterday at 4.30. And I was like, yeah, but they didn't. They didn't do that. They are lying. Something is wrong here. Can you get a hold of this driver or the wherever this package is, the delivery guy, and figure out what the hell he's doing? Uh, sir, it says that they will reattempt the delivery at a later point in time. So they'll probably deliver it tomorrow. No, they're not going to deliver it tomorrow. I just went through this last week. They, they, You told me that shit for three days and I kept waiting and waiting and waiting and nothing ever happened. So I, I know you think that this is the first time that this is happening and they just missed the delivery by a day. But that's not what's going on here. And, of course, I can't explain this to him. He's not understanding. I'm barely understanding what he's saying. The Indian guy is just being a, the Indian guy from Amazon. He's staying out of it. And, and so I go back and forth with this guy for a couple minutes, and it's clear he's not going to do anything. He just keeps telling me to wait till the end of Friday and, and see if they re-deliver it. And I'm like, well, then what are they going to do? What are you going to do when they don't deliver it today? And he can't give me this. Answer. Uh, he said something. I have no idea what he was talking about. I couldn't understand him. And then I kept asking him. I was like, well, what about these updates I signed up for? Because I'm supposed to be getting updates like when the package is like en route to delivery, like the estimated delivery time, all this stuff. And I get nothing. I get nothing but a text like 14 hours later saying, oh, we tried to deliver it when you know they didn't. But he he couldn't tell me what was going on with the updates. And then I just, I got really fucking frustrated and I just hung up on him. And then the Amazon guy calls me back and he's like, oh, it looks like we got disconnected. I was like, no, I hung up. That was a waste of time. I tried to tell you that was going to be a waste of time. I don't want to spend any more time on this. Just cancel the order. They're not going to deliver this. And I will figure something else out. He's like, oh, I can't cancel the order until February 4th, which is today, by the way. He's like, so you got to wait till February 4th now to see if they deliver it. And I was and I kept trying to go. I I wanted to make a bet with Amazon and I was like, "Uh, uh, okay, I will wait till the 4th. But what are you going to do for me on the 4th? He's like, well, then we'll give you your refund. And I was like, no, no, no. I want my refund now. If you make me wait till the 4th, I'm going to need something else from you because this is ridiculous. You have look at the last order. You have the documentation from the last order. This is nonsense like and he's like, well if it doesn't come on the fourth we could um put in a note to switch the carrier and get uh get like another company to deliver it and I, I said to the guy why didn't you offer me this the first time this order got screwed up because I would have taken it in a heartbeat I never wanted the United States Postal Service to deliver my shelf I don't want the United States Postal Service to deliver anything oh my god what a fucking disaster. It's a good thing I don't really need this thing. I'm not in a big hurry to get it. I just find it absolutely hilarious that they can't do a simple thing. Is there anything easier than taking a box, putting it in the back of your car, driving it to an address like you have GPS now, getting out of the car, picking up the box, walking to the door and dropping it off? I mean, we could get robots to do this. We could have a drone do this. We could have a fucking monkey do it by now for fuck's sake. Uh, No, no, no. We got to keep the post office. We have to keep the post office losing hundreds of billions of dollars every year. Can't deliver a simple package. It's literally the, the only reason they exist is to deliver things. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't solve the problem. Can't get in contact with the guy after you screw it up the first time and you magically lose a fucking six-foot-tall shelf. How does that even happen? Or where'd it go? Still no explanation on that. It's unbelievable. And they won't do anything. Uh, I'll just wait till tomorrow. It says they're going re- to they're, they're attempt it again. I was like, yeah, I know. They've been saying that for two weeks. They haven't reattempted. They're full of shit. Can you get a hold of the guy? Who's delivering it? Nobody knows anything. He knows the exact same thing I know from pulling it up on my phone. I was like, oh, thank you. I'm really glad I went through this exercise of, of you reading me the exact same thing that I can read off the Amazon website. Oh, I didn't realize that they tried to, to deliver it again. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But hey, we should probably put the same institution that can't deliver a shelf into, like we could have had the Pony Express do it by now on horseback. Well, I think we should take the entire institution that is responsible for delivering these parcels that can't figure out how to do it in two and a half weeks, and we should put them in charge of all kinds of other things, like your health care, for instance. You want the government now running your healthcare care institutions, just delivering health care to the country? You think that's going to be smooth sailing? I mean, I always ask people this question. Name one thing. One thing that the government does that they haven't completely fucked up, and I will sit here and wait for you to answer that, and you can't do it. There is not one goddamn thing that you could point to that isn't an unmitigated disaster that the government has attempted to do. It doesn't exist. Everything's a disaster. Everything's a goddamn disaster. I present to you the Iowa caucuses. They can't tally votes correctly. They can't count votes can't count votes, can't deliver packages, they can't do anything. All they can do is steal from you. They're very good at that. They're very good at stealing and sending you bills, and if you don't pay the bills, they can send men with guns and throw you in a fucking cage. That's it. But even that, if you farm that out to a private company, they do it far more efficiently. You know, you've got Andrew Yang out here talking about they're gonna, he's going to give everybody a thousand bucks. How much do you think it's going to cost the government to give everybody a thousand dollars? Like if they're giving out a thousand dollars, I guarantee you it will cost them five grand to do it. Minimum. Minimum. It costs five grand to deliver one thousand dollars to you. Hundred percent. That would be best case scenario. They are a, a completely worthless institution. Nothing they do works. Nothing they do is efficient. It's not designed for efficiency. It's designed to overcomplicate things. It's designed to screw things up even farther. Why, like If they solve a problem, then there's no need for the government. Why do you think things only get worse? No matter how much more government involvement, no matter how much more money they get, things only get worse. That's not by accident. It's by design. It's not a bug in the system. It is a feature of the system. And my God, these people, they can't do anything right. And now we just want to give them more money and more control over everything, over your health care, over your health care. You want them in charge of, of, of keeping you alive. Jesus Christ, man. I, I think before you vote on, on Medicare for all and all this stuff, go on Amazon and try to order the shelf and see if they can see if USPS can deliver it to you on time before you start getting them involved in any other aspects of your life. I mean, this shelf means nothing to me. But there are things that are important to people that you're now trusting your government to do. And that is just, uh, it's unfathomable to me. I, I cannot believe people still have faith in this institution. Seriously, are you guys insane? Are you insane? What makes you think they can do anything right? What, what gives them the benefit of the doubt? What have they done to earn your trust and confidence? Everything they touch is a failure. A complete and utter failure. You name it, they fucked it up. Oh, we're going to invest in green energy companies. Okay, Solyndra, how'd that work out? Oh, we took a $500 million loss. Now, I realize that's a rounding error for our federal government, but not, not the greatest investment, would you say, huh? Oh, we're going to start a website for the health care, for the Obamacare. We're going to spend $100 million building a website. Doesn't work. One, another huge embarrassing failure. $100 million for a fucking website that doesn't work. Nailed it. Okay, what else are you going to do for me? What else are you going to do? I mean, a website. I designed a website. It costs like $40. <laughs> okay. And it almost works great. I'm having some trouble getting it to play my, uh, my episodes now. I'm having trouble with one of the plugins. But I mean, Jesus Christ, dude, $100 million for a website? But even if you're uh, on the conservative side of things and you think that the government only has a couple of functions like national defense and, and uh, court systems and police and fire and things like that, Uh, Okay, our judicial system is an unmitigated disaster. We've got more people. We've got the largest prison population of any country in the world. We're bogged down in the longest wars in American history over nothing. Over nothing. It's just, it's a complete disaster. Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, they're complete disasters. They're, They're money pits. Trillions of dollars. Trillions of dollars. Thousands of lives lost. Millions of lives ruined. Cops? I mean, I did a whole episode on cops. Go back and watch the footage from the UPS driver getting hijacked. Uh, those are your cops. The ones that come in and shoot your dog. They've been doing no-knock raids on the wrong house, throwing tear gas into your, your baby's room. They can't do anything right. Stop putting your faith in this institution of government. I know you've been brainwashed your entire life to eat, sleep, and breathe government. The government is the answer to everything. Oh, there's a problem in my life. Who do I look to solve it? The government. Why? Why? What have they ever solved? What have they ever solved? If you can come up with one thing, I would be amazed. And I guarantee you that one thing that you're thinking about was already being fixed by the free market and like in typical Government fashion, they pass a law or something after the, the market's already solving a problem and sort of jump in front of this parade that's already marching down the street and pretend to lead it. I've gone over a million examples of this. Uh, you just have to go back and listen to the show because I don't do uh, topics or news in a vacuum here. I want to build off of previous episodes. But anyway, I talked to Amazon today. They've refunded me the order. Surprise, surprise, it didn't come by February 4th. So I gave them Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And not only have, has the, the package not come, but there's been no update since January 30th, since the, the last time they screwed this up. And no update whatsoever. No nothing from USPS. Uh, okay. I wonder what would happen if I just never said anything. If I just kept waiting for them to deliver it, when I would actually get this package or what would happen to it. It'd be pretty interesting to see. But so, um, yeah, a couple, of, on uh, like Saturday, I, I was just fed up with this. I, even though I couldn't cancel the order until today, I, I just went on Wayfair and ordered another shelf. I, I just got a message from them that that delivery is, is taking longer than expected. Uh, they thought it was going to be here today, but it looks like it's coming tomorrow. Um, that is FedEx, so I have a little more faith that that the package will actually get here. But we'll see, we'll see. It, it, I might be cursed, uh, you know. If it weren't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. That's the. Uh, they they should put that on the Profita. I don't know the the, the coat of arms or whatever <laughs> they have the. What uh, a family crest! <laughs> That's what it should say. Uh, if it weren't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. It was pretty funny, too, when I was talking to the Amazon guy and I was asking them what they're going to do for me to compensate me for all my time and my headaches and things like that. And he says, well, I can give you a $10, uh, a everything, he, every time he asked me a question, it would be, uh, the way he phrased it was very funny because he's like an Indian guy. So he's like, would that be fine? Would that, he's like, I, I could uh, set up a three-way call. Would that be fine? And so he says, I, I could give you a $10 credit to your account. Would that be fine? And I said, yes. Yes, Vikram. The uh, Fine is a great way of describing that. <laughs> oh, man. That would be fine. Anyway, um... A lot going on this week. We have a lot going on. There's A, lot, a lot's happened since the last episode. I, I think I did it uh, maybe Wednesday of last week. I can't remember exactly when, when I dropped it. I think it was a, uh, a little less than a week ago. But we had Brexit. Brexit came and went without a lot of fanfare. I, I bet a lot of people listening don't even realize that it's official. Uh, Britain has left the EU. It, it's over. They're done. They they've actually Brexited. I didn't. I wasn't sure this was ever going to happen. Pretty amazing. And nobody's ever really talking about it. One of the the only ways that I found out about it was I, I go on this um, this site where people just kind of post uh, videos and memes and and things like that. And it's got a very heavy european influence in it it's a worldwide a lot of people from all over the world which is one of the reasons i like it 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 allows me to sort of keep my my finger on the pulse of the world see what all the the rest of the world's getting into these days and what they're thinking about and, and what's consuming their daily so this is a big deal over in europe but it didn't get hardly any news coverage over here from what anything that i saw but yeah it came and went and you know people are predicting doom and gloom, as they always do, and they will be proven wrong. This is going to be, you know what this is going to be like, is net neutrality is the perfect example. You guys remember net neutrality? That was the end of the internet as we knew it. This this was going to be Armageddon. Internet was going to be over if we repealed net neutrality. That was a couple of years ago now. Have you noticed any difference in your internet connection? Any Anything like that? Any difference? I, I, I still have the internet. I'm on it all the time. I, I've noticed no difference whatsoever. Little overblown. Little overblown. Do we get an apology from all these fucking fear mongering lunatics out there that, that, that put all their faith in government? Oh, we have to have net neutrality. We have to have the government regulating the internet. The FCC? Are you insane? Uh, oh, okay. It's going to be the end of the world as we know it. Uh, no more internet. It's going to be horrible. The worst possible thing. It gets repealed and nothing happens. Nothing happens. Nobody talks about it anymore. It's just like, oh, okay, on to the next thing. On to the next thing that's going to be a disaster. It's like, okay, how about you at least apologize? How about you can just admit that you got it wrong? How about that? That's how you just know that they're like, all of this climate change stuff, they're never going to admit that they're wrong on that. No no matter how many times they get their predictions wrong, no matter how many times their models fail, they're, they're just going to, you know, keep spewing the same old nonsense. They're just going to keep telling us that the world's going to be uninhabitable for our children. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> really? The planet's going to be uninhabitable in the next, like, 10 or 15 years? Uh, okay. But Brexit's going to be, like, net neutrality. Uh, Britain's going to be fine. They're actually going to be better off by this. Believe it or not, having your represent, like, I always say government's like a cancer, right? To the extent that you have to have it, you want it as small and localized as possible. You you don't want some representative of a representative of a representative in Brussels telling you, like, how much... uh, uh, toilet water you can have in your toilet, what kind of light bulbs you can use and all uh, how, where your bedding is made and how your bed frame, all, all this stupid bullshit regulations coming from Brussels? It's a derivative of a government. Uh, I can't imagine a worse possible scenario. So Britain's going to be far better off uh, having their government um, stick to just governing themselves and not having to deal with a bunch of other governments and other representatives over in Brussels. But it's it, it, nothing's going to happen. Britain's going to be fine. And we'll never get an apology from all these fear-mongering people claiming that this is going to be the end of the world. And, and, you know, some other countries might follow suit. Once they see that nothing happens to Britain and they're actually better off, you might see more people leaving the European Union. I mean, this isn't that um old of an institution this is this was in my lifetime that this took place so you know all good things come to an end they say anyway I, I just thought that was uh worth mentioning for those of you who didn't know Brexit actually took place <laughs> and of course you know leading up to it, it is craziness mayhem this is going to be the end of the world and that happens and nothing really happens and Nobody ever talks about it. Nobody ever acknowledges the fact that they got it completely wrong. It's obviously too early to tell. But I'm pretty confident that they're not going to be worse off by getting out of the European Union. And we also had the Super Bowl this past Sunday. So a lot's been going on. Congratulations to the Kansas City, Kansas Chiefs. (laughs) Uh, For those of you who didn't see Donald Trump's tweet about Kansas... Uh Kansas City is one of those weird the, the weird things where you don't want to let the name fool you because there's a Kansas City, Kansas and a Kansas City, Missouri. And the Kansas City Chiefs stadium is actually in Missouri. But it was a pretty good game. Got together with a couple buddies, I made some food. The halftime show was a big deal. It it, it raised a lot of eyebrows, I should say. You know, it's you could totally tell that they're doing this, this this whole Hispanic thing to try to piss off Trump. And, I mean, I don't know if he actually really cares about any of this, but you could tell that they were trying to rub it in his face, you know, that, that here's a Puerto Rican, and uh, I don't know what Shakira is, but basically just a bunch of old women shaking their asses on, t- on TV in front of everybody. A lot of people were upset about that, and, you know, I kind of get it. I, I kind of get that they don't want their kids watching uh, some 50-year-old chick walking around in, like, a thong shaking her ass. You know, you think back to, like, uh, the days where, when Elvis was was becoming popular and, and all of those, like, really good Christian conservatives were like, this is the devil's music and it's going to destroy the culture and, you know, the... Uh, the youth, they're they're going to it's gonna oversexualize the youth and blah 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 blah, and everyone would always sort of laugh it off and, and be like, oh yeah, they totally destroyed the culture. And but if you look at it now, you go if like if you had those people alive today, and and they saw what's going on with our culture today with the youth of today, I mean I think that they would think that they were one hundred percent right. That the devil's music has corrupted the youth of today. And now we've got J-Lo, uh, some 50-year-old broad, shaking her bare ass. She's, just, like, grabbing her pussy and stuff on, on fucking national TV. Uh, I don't know. I think all Shakira does is shake her ass. Like, that's her thing, right? I, I don't know. I, I don't listen to any of their music, really. I recognize... I only caught... uh I watched, like, the first couple minutes. So I'm usually cooking stuff for the Super Bowl. So I was... I was tending to the kitchen, you know where where the women belong. <laughs> uh what are they doing up on stage? They should be making some uh, Super Bowl halftime snacks. But well, that's what I was doing uh, for most of it. But I, I caught a little bit of it, and I, I don't know. I, I just I, I understand why people don't want their their kids uh, seeing that sort of stuff on such like a you know it's like it's the super bowl why why do we have to have a half naked chick shaking there believe me i i like a good uh ass shaking as much as the next guy but you know i'm a i'm a somewhat young single guy so it doesn't bother me as much as as if i but if i had little kids like i, I don't know i don't think i'd want them watching that maybe i'm just getting uh, too old but <laughs> It's also something like at what point does Jennifer Lopez stop like trying to be a a sexual icon because her whole thing like the only reason she was famous is because she had a fat ass. Right. She's pretty hot. She had a fat ass. Uh, Okay, but that was like 30 years ago. (laughs) Like, what are you still doing? Why are you still uh, why are you still shaking your ass in a thong uh, on stage? It's like Madonna does this stuff too, where she's like dressing all slutty and like sexualizing everything. But she's like a grandma. She's a and Jennifer Lopez like for a, for a Hispanic, I mean, she's like a great grandma at fifty. Like it's just a bizarre thing to like. They never they never seem to outgrow their the initial thing that gives them success. Like isn't that something that teenagers do? Like leave that shit to the kids. That that's the kids' game. You're supposed to grow up and like outgrow that stuff. Figure out a different way to make music or make money or something. I don't know, but you have to evolve in your career a little bit. You can't, you know. It's like a porn star trying to trying to make porn when she's sixty. Like you got to make your hay while the sun is shining. You do that stuff in your twenties and maybe into your thirties, but then you got to figure out another way. You have to like evolve in your game and, and come and actually like sing a good song or something. I don't know. You can't be shaking your ass when you're fifty. <laughs> it reminds me of that Bill Burr bit. Bill Burr, one of the funniest comedians out there. But he does that whole bit about uh all all these chicks in LA that are getting facelifts and stuff. And he's like, Stop trying to look fuckable in your fifties. <laughs> oh man, I probably butchered it, but if you haven't watched any Bill Burr stand-up, you absolutely should. The guy's hilarious. Um, that's that just what I was thinking about this whole time. I'm like, why is this old brought up on stage? Like, don't we have any younger women with, with, with a fat ass that can, that can start shaking it? And why is the Super Bowl always doing, like, people that are way past their prime? Like, yeah, you, you can bring back, like, the Rolling Stones or something like that for, like, a reunion concert. Like, that's fine. That's fine, but, like, why... Why can't they have, like, up-and-coming artists that, that need the boot? Like, what does J-Lo need to do this for? He's already got millions of dollars. Give somebody else a shot to to make a, a couple hundred million shaking their fat ass. How about that? Anyway, um, I don't really care. I, I didn't really care who won. Don't feel passionately about either team. Now, uh, Andy Reid's going to love it, though. He gets to go get the get the Trump fast food buffet. A bunch of fucking McDonald's and Burger King and Chick fil A. That dude's gonna be like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> anyway, that's that my thoughts on the Super Bowl. I had a, I had a good night, um, and it's great being able to uh, work from home the next day. I didn't have to go into the office, so that was uh, that's pretty great. I, I still don't understand why the the Monday after the Super Bowl isn't a national holiday. We got all these other retarded holidays. Why don't I just make the Super Bowl a thing? Nobody it, it wants to be at work the, the Monday after the Super Bowl. And the productivity level is down 80, 85% at least. For the people that, that do show up, they're all hungover. They're all like bloated and just feel disgusting because you're eating all this garbage the night before. Anyway, we've got the impeachment thing happening in the Senate. The, the Senate will uh, vote. To not remove Donald Trump from office. That's going to happen tomorrow. Surprise, surprise. We all knew this was going to happen from the beginning. This has been an exercise in futility. I, I can't imagine any Republicans really crossing party lines here and voting to impeach Trump. Like their political careers would just be over. E- even as much as a lot of the mainstream party line Republicans dislike Trump, you know, there is that faction of Republicans that were never Trumpers. They they like their political careers more than their hate for Trump, and they just will not be voting to impeach him and remove him from office on, on, on this thing of all. Like, I've talked about how ridiculous this is. And just the idea that we're going to do something for the first time in the history of this country, which is impeach and remove a president for off, from office, and it's going to be because of uh, this phone call that he made. Is just insane. There's no way they can vote for this. And another thing that was, you know, it's been sort of rattling around in my head and kind of bothering me. And no, I haven't heard anybody talk about this. But there are, like, three three senators, three Democratic senators that are running for president against Donald Trump, and they just get to vote for impeachment? Like, isn't that a conflict of interest? How, How does... So you got... Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and uh, Klobuchar, I think, are, are three senators, right? And they get to vote uh, to remove the guy from office that they would have to run against? The guy that they have no chance of beating at this point? I, mean, like, I can't see any of them beating Donald Trump, but they get to vote to remove him from office. It, it, how is that not a problem? How is that Okay. How is that like something that, that, that you think that that would be impeachable, right? Is voting to uh, remove your opponent from office so you don't have to face him in the upcoming election. I, I haven't heard anybody make this point before. But I've been thinking about it for a while and I just keep forgetting to bring it up on the show, I think. But how is that not a, uh, an issue? Uh, wouldn't they have to recuse themselves? Don't they have like a pretty severe conflict of interest here? Like, the guy that you're going up against for president, you could vote to remove, so you have to face who? Like, Mike Pence? I mean, that's a no-brainer. You know, not like it would actually change their votes. (laughs) Like, they weren't going to vote for him anyways, even if they weren't running for president against him. But I I just find it interesting that nobody seems to bring that up, that, that conflict of interest. There's always these bizarre conflicts of interest when it comes to the government, that if a private company were to do it, Uh, People would be up in arms about it. You'd have to recuse yourself from the situation. But uh, we make all these exceptions, I guess, when it comes to the government. Eh, It's par for the course, I guess. It's all part of the um, blind faith in our our democratic institutions. (laughs) Anyway, Trump's not going to be removed from office. There's no chance of that. I called that the second that this impeachment thing came up. You can go back and listen to those episodes. I've done a bunch of stuff on this impeachment nonsense, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but that's tomorrow. Tonight is the State of the Union address, which is going to be pretty goddamn interesting. Pretty interesting. I don't remember, you know, I was fairly young when Clinton was being impeached, but to have a president give a State of the Union the day before the Senate votes on whether or not they're going to remove him from office. And to have that president be Donald Trump and having Donald Trump know that he's not going to be removed from office, this uh, State of the Union address, normally unwatchably boring and just uh, uh, a complete waste of time. Although I did get, I don't know if, you've, um, if anybody has picked up on this, the, the intro to the show, the very first clip that you hear. Anyone claiming that the American economy is in decline is peddling fiction. That was Obama during one of his presidential uh, State of the Union addresses. And that always stuck with me. And um, it became the name of the show. It's the opening clip. So not a complete waste of time. You never know when you're going to get something good from from one of these things. But I think this this one tonight is going to be one for the ages. I have no idea how much crow Donald Trump is gonna make these Democrats eat. I I have no idea how much shit he's gonna talk, but I think it's going to be unbelievably entertaining. And very, like Nancy Pelosi is going to be sitting right behind him this entire time, and he's gonna be trash talking her. And he's gonna have that shit eating grin on his face. You know, nobody is more proud of themselves than Donald Trump when he's bragging about all of his accomplishments. I mean, I, I've never seen anybody look so proud of themselves than when he's in front of the microphone talking about all the tremendous things he's done. I, I could cure cancer and my head would not be held as high as his is when he's up there talking about his administration and, and the, uh, how great the economy is or whatever. So he's going to be up there with a shit-eating grin on his face, and then they're going to cut to all these really pissed-off Democrats that are just sulking and pouting over on their left side of the room. Won't stand for anything, won't clap for anything. Even when he brings up stuff that they should be cheering for. Like, you know, he always brags about all these things he does for the black community, how the black unemployment's so low, and all these things that they should care about, and they're just going to be pouting and... I just love taking pleasure in the misery of other people. Some good old-fashioned schadenfreude. It's going to be fucking hilarious. Oh, and I saw a tweet that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez will not be in attendance. So, you know, that's going to be a big loss. Uh, our, the dimmest bulb in Congress. Now, I'll second, you still have uh, what's-her-face on Esther. She's still there, but AOC is rapidly becoming the dimmest bulb in Congress. She has a, a deep concern for the Constitution. She's deeply concerned about the president just flaunting the Constitu- his constitutional duties and, and all this lawlessness. So she, she's so deeply concerned about the Constitution, ladies and gentlemen, that she cannot in good conscience attend the State of the Union Address. Man, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how we're going to get over that one. I would love to hear her thoughts on the Constitution. <laughs> it would be, it would be pretty, pretty interesting if I just brought up all the unconstitutional things the government's doing that she would be 100% in favor for. Anyway, but yeah, she's she's so concerned that she won't show up. But the big news, what everybody's talking about today, because it is the day after the Iowa caucus, and... We didn't have results. Uh, we still don't have results. They've released partial results for some reason. As it, like They literally did the only thing that could have made this situation worse, which was not having results for 24 hours, was to re- report results that aren't official. You have 62% of the vote in, and they're releasing that. Uh, this is very bizarre to me. Um, but I can't say I'm surprised that, once again... Uh, there's been a debacle in the government processes. And, you know, Iowa has sort of a long history of doing this. They screwed Ron Paul out of having all the momentum of winning Iowa back in, I think it was 2012, when they went four months before announcing that he was the winner of the most delegates from Iowa. Four months, they they falsely reported that Mitt Romney beat him. And there was all sorts of controversy because it's a very convoluted. If you thought the debates were a ridiculous way of choosing a candidate, of choosing the nominee of of, of this whole process, wait till you see how these uh, primaries are done, how these caucuses are done. Let me explain. For those of you who don't know how Iowa works... During each caucus meeting, they have uh, attendees. They they physically group themselves by candidate, and this is what's called the first alignment. Okay, so any candidate who fails to garner at least fifteen percent of the vote is declared non viable. All right, and their supporters who lined up physically. This is so fucking ridiculous that they still do it this way. They physically line up for that candidate, and if they if they don't have fifteen percent of the vote. All their supporters can either join other groups or try to appeal to the people in other groups to join them to try to get them up to 15%. And then they take a second vote, which is known as the final alignment. And that is how the, the delegates are finally awarded. It's this very bizarre process. And it's just so fucking hilarious to me. Does anybody have are there any principled voters? Because it's they do these polls and, and some of the more interesting polls that have come out over the last week or so are the ones that look at voters who they're gonna vote for, like who their first choice is, and whether or not they will vote the party line if their first choice doesn't get the nomination. Okay. So if if you're a Bernie Sanders supporter and Bernie gets screwed out of the nomination. Or, or he just doesn't get the nomination. We'll say everything's on the level. Bernie doesn't get the nomination. Would you vote for Joe Biden? And something like 90% of Bernie voters say they will not vote. They just won't vote. They're not interested. Andrew Yang was another one that had a very high number. I, I can't remember exactly how much it was. But it was like most Yang supporters are only voting because they like Andrew Yang. They like his uh, $1,000 a month plan. They like his universal basic income. They like him as a candidate. They're not voting Andrew Yang because he's a Democrat. They're voting Democrat because Andrew Yang is on the Democratic ticket, and that's going to be it. And the same goes for Bernie Sanders. There are people like all these other candidates that are just sort of interchangeable, like Pete Buttplug, uh, Amy Klobuchar, Uh, Mayor Bloomberg, uh, Joe Biden, all these all these guys, they they don't have true supporters. They're just the candidate, the party candidate. And these people are going to vote Democrat no matter who you throw up there. They don't have the passionate supporters that Andrew Yang does or Bernie Sanders does. And so like 95 percent of Elizabeth Warren voters would also vote for Joe Biden or or Pete Buttigieg or or Bernie Sanders or whoever whoever the nominee is they're going to vote no matter what it's just amazing to me that they you you go to this thing right and you're you're all into this process this de- this is our sacred democracy right and you line up for your candidate and you don't get 15% of the vote it's like okay just go ahead and switch lines who else do you like do you like this guy over here just go hop over there it's no big deal yeah screw your uh deeply held convictions and, and all your principles and everything. Just switch lines. I mean, come on, get in line, literally get in line with the party. It, it's, and, and then some of this stuff is determined by coin toss. There are videos of them just trying to figure out who's going to get this delegate so they flip a coin We're going to flip a coin now? This is our sacred democracy that everyone's all up in arms about protecting, that we have we must protect our democracy from interference, and and these Russians are undermining our democracy our sacred democracy it's so fucking sacred that we could just flip a coin that's how important it is, who's going to get this dog? I don't know, dude, just fuck we already switched lines like three times, just flip a fucking coin, let's be done with it I mean how is this the way we do it? How does this just that? How do you not look at this and realize immediately that this is retarded, that this whole thing is retarded, this whole idea of government, of representation, that it's impossible The this thing of, that these guys represent you is the most bizarre and ridiculous thing. I mean, what does it really mean? To have a representative. Because this is another one of those instances where the government takes one of these words that we all know and use in our daily lives and completely distort the meaning of it. A representative. Like most people just take that at face value. You know, in this country we go and we vote for a person who's going to represent us in government. I'm going to go cast my vote for my congressman, my senator, whatever... And they will go to Washington, and they will make sure that my matters, the ones that are most important to me, get a voice in Washington, right? This is the lie that we continue to tell ourselves. Okay, but uh, what are they really doing? Uh, What are they really? Are they really representing us? Because in the real world, if I were to get a representative, if I have a real, true representative, I can tell them what to do. And they have to abide by my demands, or they'd be in breach of the contract. So so what are these government representatives? Are they our agents? Are they agents of the people they represent, meaning that they're obligated to go to Washington and, and carry out the will of the people? Are they bound to carry out our demands? I, I don't think so. Not not in the same way like um, if you're an actor and you have an agent or you're a, like a, a basketball player or something and you have an agent, the agent negotiates on your behalf. They go to the team and they say, this is what my player, or this is what my actor demands. And then they have to come back to you and say, "Will you accept that this is their offer. Do you want to take that? They don't just get to do whatever the hell they want. Or are these government representatives more of like a trustee who can act in the best interest of the people, right? Even if the things that the people want, the people, the things that the the people think are in their best interest are are in something else. Can, Can they, can the government agents, our representatives override the will of the people if it's what they believe to be in the best interest of the people? Can politicians pursue interests that they believe to be in our best interest, even though we think we need something completely different? Like if we, we want policy A, we think that policy A is the best course of action for us or for the country or whatever, but our wise overlords in Washington know that what we think to be the right policy is obviously wrong and so that they can then pursue policy B. Almost like they're our parents and they're, you know, they're doing what's best for us. (laughs) When you're older, you'll understand, right? That's what they always tell us. Or is it more like politicians are free to do whatever the fuck they want? Whatever they want. Whatever they feel like. And sure, yeah, they're up for election every two years or every four years or every six years. But really, they could do whatever the hell they want. And then 90% of the time, the incumbent wins anyways. And it's just a matter of how much money they can, they can generate to, to win the election. And they control the rules for the, the campaign finance and things like that that makes it hard for other people to generate money to run against them. And so they win all the time. I mean, w- what if you didn't vote for the politician? Uh, like, I, I never vote, okay? Uh, what if I don't vote for the politician and I, dig- I disagree with everything he or she stands for? Do they really represent me? Are they my representative? Or what if, I, you know, what if you only vote for them because you were afraid that if you didn't vote for them, you'd get an even worse politician? I present to you Donald Trump. A lot of people voted for Trump because they were afraid of Hillary Clinton, because they didn't like Hillary Clinton. All right, Now, now does Trump really represent them, or was, was that just a vote to stop Hillary Clinton from taking over the country? How can they represent you? I mean, this is ridiculous. How can they represent you if there are hundreds of thousands of other people, millions of other people in some cases, with with completely different interests that they're also supposed to represent? Like, how does this all work? This this is nonsense. This is ridiculous. But we all just take it. We all just take it for granted. Oh, yeah, there are representatives. How could they possibly represent people they don't even know? Like, they don't know you. They don't know who you are. Uh, they can claim that they do. They give speeches and act like they know who you are, but they don't know you in the way that you would. You would think of knowing an actual person, like real people think of of knowing other people. They don't know you. They never talk to you. And even if they did, somehow know what all of their constituents wanted, what all of their interests were. Uh, what's the? How are they going to? Uh, How are they going to satisfy all of their uh, constituents' desires, all of their wants and needs? What's the likelihood that all of those hundreds of thousands of people they represent all have the exact same interests, the same opinions on every issue, the same causes they support? It's impossible. This is all impossible. So how, how, how can they represent you? How can they represent all of us at the same time? And think about the level of representation we get, right? Because when we started this whole thing, right? When in, in like the late 1780s, we started this whole thing, this whole government thing, and uh there were like I don't know, two and a half million, maybe three million people in the country. And I think the, the first House of Representatives had like hundred and five members. Okay. Now, now we have 320 million people and what like 435 members in the house so our representation even if you can call what they're doing representation has gone down exponentially uh, we we've got uh, a 300 times the amount of people and only four times the representatives Okay, I mean, I'm no math whiz. I can't figure out what that works down uh, each representative per person in the country. But I know that that's not right. Those numbers are way off. And then what are you going to do to a politician? Like, how are you going to tell them what to do? You can't tell them to to do something or to not do something. Uh, You can call their offices or whatever and, and voice your opinion. Maybe make a suggestion but that's about it. They always say, call your congressman and complain. It's like, okay, yeah, you'd get the same reaction if you called me and complained about this podcast. Uh, I'll, I'll take it under advisement. Thank you very much. Now, yeah, I don't care. I don't care. I'm up for uh, re-election in six years. Okay, we'll deal with it then. You can, you can ask them to do, you know, whatever, but they're under no obligation to do that, and you can't stop them from doing it. You can't stop them from doing anything. You can't force them to do anything. They can do whatever they want. None of us have the power to tell them to do anything. All we can do is try to vote somebody else in, who then we have the exact same problem. Doesn't represent us, really. Doesn't know us. We can't tell them what to do. They're not going to do what we tell them to do. We can't tell them not to do something. But it's just, it's just so bizarre how we make all of these weird exceptions for government. In any other situation in life, when you're talking about representation, it's clearly the first two examples I gave you, where you have an agent or you have a trustee, and they are legally obligated to do what you want. They have to check with you. They, they can't just go off on, uh, on their own and do things that they think is in your best interest. For whatever reason, when it comes to the government, they get a different set of criteria. They get to do whatever the hell they want, call it representation, and then we're supposed to, like, bow in awe of their greatness, our wise overlords in Washington. This is the system, the um, the ever-so-sacred religion of the state that we all have to bow down to and pledge allegiance to, and we can't undermine it, and we must respect the party. Don't do anything to to undermine the party. That's another thing you hear people talking about on Twitter and on the talking heads in the corporate press. And don't don't discourage all the, the things going on in the Iowa caucus. You don't want to undermine the Democratic Party or the democratic process. Oh, no, of course not. Obviously, this whole system is so perfect that we, we don't want to undermine it. I mean, that might really throw a wrench in, this, in the works of all this representation we're getting. God forbid we should upset the coin toss determining which delegates get to represent us. I mean, that would really be a disaster. So just ask yourself one simple question, right? The form of representation that I just sort of laid out, that I just went over, where one person supposedly represents the interest of hundreds of thousands, millions of other people. And you can't stop them from doing anything you don't like. And you can't tell them to do the things that you want. Uh, You disagree with them on almost everything. You hate everything your representative stands for. All of their beliefs, everything that they want to do is in direct contrast of what you want to have done which is basically the situation every libertarian finds themselves in these days, right? And Ask yourself if you would accept that as a form of representation in any other aspect of your life. And the answer is, of course not. Nobody would. Nobody would subscribe to that as representation. Nobody would consider that to be representation because you're not being represented. You're being ruled, plain and simple. So stop lying to yourselves. This is all just a bunch of nonsense. This whole thing is ridiculous. And the Iowa caucus is the perfect example of just how insane this whole process is. It's a perfect microcosm for how government operates, for how government works. Perfect microcosm for the Democratic Party, the current state of the Democratic Party. It's just a huge, embarrassing failure. They couldn't have fucked this up more if they tried unbelievable, unbelievable. Up until about an hour ago, we still didn't have any results. Uh, 24 hours go by and you don't have results on a vote. And then you give out partial results. Like what the hell's the point of that? That's where I get a little conspiratorial because, you know, there's all these like idiots out there that think that start blaming Russia. This is a big Russia Trump conspiracy and they, they hacked the machines or something like that. They hack this. Uh, um uh, this app that they're using which by the way um just happens to be funded uh in part by uh Mayor Pete Buttigieg and then he gets he he get, when they release the partial numbers he's in the lead all of a sudden he's beating Bernie Sanders you know i i mean Bernie Sanders was leading in the polls but you have to remember that all of his support the vast majority of his support his real passionate supporters are very young okay young people don't turn out to to vote like the old people do and Iowa is a bunch of old people right at least it seems that way so i wouldn't be surprised if if bernie didn't win iowa um and everybody else is just a train wreck so you know i didn't get a chance to give predictions it it wouldn't surprise me if Bernie doesn't take Iowa, and that Mayor Pete is, is somewhere in the top three. I just everybody else is a train wreck. Everybody else is a train. Biden's Biden is an embarrassment, and I think that's finally going to be borne out in, in these numbers. Elizabeth Warren is, is just a disaster. She's been dropping in the polls like a rock. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, I mean, give me a break, man. Give me a break. Uh, Bloomberg wasn't even on the, the ballot. There's a couple other people whose names you've never even heard of. And then, you know, the Tulsi Gavers, the Andrew Yangs. Like, it's nice to have them there, but they're not going to get anything. So, who are you left with? Uh, Mayor Pete's the only guy that hasn't made a complete idiot of himself. Uh, and you have Bernie Sanders, and, that, and that's it. So, it's between those two. But just by announcing these, these results with half the the votes are sixty two percent of the votes counted. You, you You got Mayor Pete out there declaring victory now. He gets to steal all the thunder. Even if you know a day goes by or whatever and tomorrow morning we find out that oh it turns out Bernie Sanders actually won. Well all the momentum's gone from it. This whole thing is a disaster. They've, they've stolen any momentum that he could have gotten from winning Iowa. And and Mayor Pete gets to pretend like he wins it for a day. And even if he comes in a close second, that's still a pretty big win for him. Because a lot of people didn't really think he had, he had a prayer. I, I don't think this was uh, some big conspiracy. I think this is just overall incompetence. If you're trying to influence uh the voting right if you're trying to interfere in something you don't do something so blatant as as this right just something so obvious that it just reeks of interference I think maybe they were planning on being a little more stealth with it by having this uh Mayor Pete Hillary Clinton funded company come up with this app and you know they were gonna give it to Mayor Pete but they weren't counting on it just being a, a, a complete and utter failure, and that sort of shines the lights. Like, okay, wait, who's using this app? Like, who's running this app thing? Where did this come from? And now it turns out that now that people are looking into it because it was such a disaster, then they find out. Oh, oh yeah, uh, Pete Buttigieg, like a huge Pete Buttigieg supporter, uh, is like behind the whole thing. Hillary Clinton paid him like 50 grand or something, 60 grand to develop this app. I I forget the details, but the whole thing stinks. And, um, you know, winning Iowa is not the be all end all. Uh, Plenty of presidents have lost Iowa and gone on to do, uh, very well. And when the president, Donald Trump, uh, lost Iowa and then he just dominated. I, I'm sure there are, I know George Bush, the first one lost Iowa. I Clinton lost Iowa. Uh, I, I don't know. This is all just off the top of my head. But anyway, it's just a, a, another great example of government incompetence. That and the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, that's the uh, the overarching theme here on this episode and this show in general. As government can't do anything right. And I'm going to wrap there, guys. If you um, liked what you heard today, do me a favor. Download and subscribe. Give me a rating and review on iTunes, five stars if you think the show is worth it. Share the show with at least two of your friends. Come on, people. You, you got to get this show out there more. I want to 10X our numbers this year. Uh, that's my goal. I want to I 10X my, my listenership. So let, let's, let's get our act together and start sharing the show a little bit. Stop keeping my wonderful podcast to yourself and spread it out among your friends and family. And if you would like to go above and beyond the call of duty and become a supporting listener of the show, you can do that at my website that did not cost $100 million to build, pedalingfictionpodcast.com. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at pedalfiction. Fiction. And if you can do all that, I will be back later this week to do it all over again. Until then, just remember to keep on pedaling.